Are you managing a venue or putting together an event that needs a little more entertainment? Aquarius Productions can put a show together catered to your audience. Whether it's music or comedy, they will bring life to the space you provide. Are you a traveling musician or comedian looking for an extra gig? They can find a spot for you. Are you an up-and-comer unsure of how to get your song mixed, your music video put together, or your set filmed? Aquarius has your back. Message their Facebook or Instagram for details. Make sure to stop by the District Green in downtown Biloxi for a boatload of art and fun this month. The last Sunday, as always, you can find Zach and Patty hosting a music and comedy open mic starting at 6.30. July's show will be co-hosted by Scott and Mandy Anderson of Red Radio Productions, whose music and arts festival will take place on July 31st in the very same location. Both Zach and Patty will be performing there along with an incredible lineup of talented musicians with buskers and painters making their own magic happen on the sidelines. Get your tickets now. And as well, this episode is brought to you by that dirty motherfucker, BJ DeBlow. He knows what he did. He would have started his own podcast, but he was too chicken shit. Yeah, that guy. That guy, BJ DeBlow, he knows what he did. Wednesday, and you know what time it is. It's time for the Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm the country music of stand-up comedy, Jacob Craig. <laughs> don't put and yourself tonight, don't put yourself too down down on your comedy yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, because then no one's gonna want to look me up or mi- or you yeah. know listen to me or anything when I put out like a, <laughs> an album on Spotify that no one asked for. Like no one's gonna want to stream it. Yeah. Uh, today our our guests are uh, each us. other. Yeah, we're, we're our own us. guests this week. That's right. We uh we talked a while ago and we said, you know what? Uh, we should uh, make time each month to have a host episode and just talk to each other about each other and about other things because we like talking to each other. It's fun. Yeah. It's always fun. We we hate it when guests pull out, but uh, a silver lining whenever a guest pulls out is we get to just do our own episode and you know, it's a lot of fun most time. Yeah, I want to talk about one of our patrons, uh, <laughs> old BJ DeBlow. You know, as long as we've known that guy, I never knew his, his first name was Bear. It's not. It's a nickname. That's a nickname, too? Like, he has yeah. a nickname of a nickname. Yeah. How does that yeah, work? No, I... write, us, write us in, BJ. Like, how, does, how do you get away with having a nickname off a nickname? Look, I know he listens to us on Patreon since he's a Patreon supporter. Uh-huh. He, he listens to us whenever we come out. So he's going to text me later with this information, <laughs> hopefully. And maybe next and, uh, week we can divulge that information. Like, how, how are you so damn cool you get two nicknames off of one another? Yeah. He, he told me his real first name one time, and I forgot it. I just, I instantly forgot. I don't know his real I'm first name. I'm the same way. Somebody can tell me their name, and it will just immediately just, like, it does not stick. It's like, yeah. just right through the head, doesn't stick. And... It, Here's the thing, like, over the past, since I've been in the entertainment industry, like, as a musician, whatnot, whatever, I get recognized for things in public, especially, like, at the height of, you know, fall as well. Like, I I couldn't go anywhere without getting recognized. Like, people come and be like, hey, man, uh, dig your band, like, you know, just whatever. Like, and I still, to this day, get recognized for different stuff. And I, st- I still see people that I see all the time that I've become kind of friendly with. And, like, just the, no I'll, idea. You know, I have no idea what their name is. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Of, you know, people recognize me, uh, you know, for things. And they'll be like, is that the man who touched you? And they'll be like, yes. And then I have to run. And it's a whole thing. What's up, Rampage in the chat room? But, uh, yeah, I remember... Uh, See, here's the thing. You have to ha- have um you have to have a thing like like say you're you're out with your your girlfriend or you know I'm out with my girlfriend. Like there's this rule that we have to where if somebody approaches me and and is like, "Hey man, how you doing?" and I act friendly with them, just immediately introduce yourself. Like don't wait for me to do it cuz that uh, that pretty much means I don't remember their name. And if she yeah. has to introduce herself, that means I don't remember your name at all. And I'm trying not to be rude. So that's how I get their name without sounding like a dick. Like, yeah, I know I've seen you like a hundred times, but I don't remember yeah. your name. 
luckily, whenever anyone comes up to me anywhere, uh, even if it's just a friend for high school from high school or something, my girlfriend just stares at them like they're fucking stupid for for <laughs> knowing me. Just like, who the fuck are you? And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just names don't stick with me. Faces, I'll I can meet somebody one time and be able to re- to remember them like 50 years from now. But names, yeah. I don't even remember names of some of my family members. Like seriously, like. I'm just like, uh, what's that dude's name again? Like, it's, it's Oh, I'm right awful. there with you. It's awful. And I don't know what it is. I can't change it. I mean, I'm 44 years old. I'm never going to... That part of my brain to remember people's names never developed. And it's not going to. So I just have to roll with it. Yeah. Uh, I am the same exact way. There are family members who, like, I don't know their names. And my mom will be like, hey, this person died. Yeah. I'll be like... <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Dude, Did don't we feel bad. I'm the same way. I, like my my parents will like out of the blue text me and somebody like, hey, you know, uh, you know your aunt Barb from somewhere up in North Mississippi. Yeah, she passed away. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I'm I'm a little more savage. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I've never met this person in my whole life. And 90% of my family are racist pieces of shit. This is probably a racist piece of shit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't care. I mean... And I'm sure they'll feel the same way when I die, too. There are certain family members that I do like. And, you know, no. And, like, I don't see them often. But I only see them, like, once every 10 years or so. But I'll be like, you know, be friendly. Hey, how you doing? I would be sad if they passed away. But there's just people in my family. Like, I'm just never... I don't care about them. <laughs> I mean, not trying to be a dick, but I there's a lot more people that have my attention than I care about than people that, you know, it. it's almost like I should feel, I think it's, it's like the way my brain works is like I should feel bad because I don't reach out to these people because they're my family, you know, and try to be like, hey, you know, we're family. We should, you know, at least conversate every once in a while. But hey, the... You know, the phone works both ways, you know, whether it's social media or, right. you know, trying to, to get in touch with me. Like, it, it goes both ways. So, you know, if I die, I don't expect them to come to my funeral. Like, I, just because your family doesn't need you, you know, you're, you know one another. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I know the first uh, funeral I ever went to, I, I felt very guilty because my Aunt Diane died. I love my Aunt Diane. She's a very sweet old lady. And uh, she, she actually wasn't even that old, but she had a, a very rough bout with cancer that made her seem much older than she was. Yeah. And uh, she passed away, and I didn't go to her funeral because I was like 14 years old or something mm. like that. And this was the first person that I actually cared about that died. And so I didn't know how to react. I was like, yeah, I, I just don't even want to go. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. I just want to stay home. And then my Uncle Gene, her husband, died. Uh, not long after he he followed her and uh, I went to his funeral. I've never met that motherfucker in my entire life. I was so <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. Everyone was crying. I was like, oh, no, my dad's dead. Oh, no, Uncle Gene. And I was like, that's a dead body. <laughs> like, I don't know that person. The only time I've ever laid eyes on this motherfucker was him dead in his casket. <laughs> yeah, and I really wish I would have just gone to my aunt's funeral instead of his. And I feel like like the older I've gotten, like the less I don't know, like back when my parents, my grandparents were alive and I was a kid, like we always used to have like these big family get-togethers all the time, yeah. you know, on holidays, like every holiday, Easter, July 4th, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the big holidays, we'd like have these huge family gatherings. And now that my grandparents are gone, it's like, nobody cares. Like, yeah, I, you yeah. know, it's like, I don't want to have to deal with like 40 or 50 people that I don't know, you know, at Thanksgiving. Like, I'd much rather just like be with, you know, my parents and, you know, just a small amount of people and not like a bunch of freeloaders <laughs> from out of state. You know, right. coming in, eating up all my leftover turkey. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And that's yeah, weird. I mean, like, I feel like family is not that big a deal these days. Like, I feel like people care more about, like, their chosen family than their own family yeah. family. 
Oh, absolutely. Because I mean, you you choose to uh, you know be a companion with somebody, and then you develop feelings to the point where I was like, yeah, I, I think you know, I would I would take a bullet for this person. Yeah, that's that's much stronger than being like, oh, you know, we're your your dad's my brother. Cool. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> fucking care. I like seriously, care like if it was Thanksgiving and I wanted to have a big family dinner, like I would invite all my friends and stuff, like you and Wally and like. You know, all my close friends come over. Like, my extended family, like, uh, no. I don't know you people. Yeah, Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, um, I mean, with my family, it's almost, it feels like it's like three factions, almost. Like, trying to come together for peace talks. And it's, yeah, and it's even worse when, like, there's divorces and stuff, and then you got, like, new family. Like, when I was was married, my wife, my ex-wife... Her parents had been divorced and remarried four times each. <laughs> that was a lot of family to deal with and have yeah. to keep up with. Like there were times. Like I remember one time uh, we were me and my wife had been together for like four or five years and stuff, you know. And I'd been around her family all this time, and I remember I, I had it tried went to introduce one of her sisters, like one of the out of state sisters. And to somebody and forgot her name. <laughs> like there was another one. I'm just like, I'm such an idiot. Like I'm so <laughs> stupid. And she was like, Does Jason remember my name? And she's like, Probably not. <laughs> uh, That's just me. And now, and now you don't regret it anymore. No, I don't at all. <laughs> and I <laughs> because fuck that bitch. <laughs> now, I, oh. I still I, we never even. Yeah, let's not let's get off that topic. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say because we we've never even personally talked about your divorce. I just know that your ex wife is a very bad person. That's that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> no that's comment. all I know about it. No comment. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know is that your ex wife's a horrible person, and thank God you didn't have kids together. Yeah, no kids, thankfully. Um, uh, walking back a little bit, I remember the first time. I got recognized in public. It blew my mind because I had this great streak uh, in 2019 where I was doing tons of open mics mm. around Biloxi, Ocean Springs, whatever, tons of mics. Yeah, that was the hot uh, time. That, that yeah. summer of 2019, I remember we were doing mics all over the place. Oh, tons of mics, man. And, and not so many book shows, but, you know, I, I was doing book shows too. And I'm, I remember, like, someone recognized me in the grocery store but no one remembered my name. And I like, I remember someone recognizing the grocery store. I was like, Oh, you're that kid. I was like, hell yeah, I'm that kid. <laughs> and then like, I went to a concert uh, that my brother was doing. I went to one of my brother's concerts and uh, some friends of their drummer showed up and they were like, Hey, you're that kid. And I was like, yeah, I am that kid. Like I, I kept running into people that had seen me. And I remember this guy came to a show where I was opening for Michael Hall from new Orleans at the wayward Kraken. And um, a lot of people actually from that show showed up to see me. But this one guy showed up with his girlfriend. Not a creepy guy. His girlfriend was smoking hot. Normal guy. He came up to me while I'm standing in the back watching. um, uh, I don't even remember who was up before me, but I I was watching somebody. And he was like, hey, man, did you go up yet? I was like, no, I didn't go up. He's like, oh, that's awesome, man. I came to see you. I'm a fan. I was like, you're a, you're a fan of, of me? Like, yeah, man, I can't wait to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And like, we, we talked a little bit. We talked a little bit after the show. And uh, I, I got so, like, my ego got so inflated that I started referring to myself as local celebrity Jacob Craig. <laughs> which has kind of stuck as a joke since then. Because no one knows who the fuck I am. Yeah. Like, no one cares. <laughs> like, I, I go, I did a show in uh, Mobile. Uh, the other night, opening for Jenny Zagrino, our, our best friend, actually. And she, uh, they, they introduced me to come on stage like, hey, uh, somewhere from Mississippi, here's Jacob Craig. And then I do a joke where I reference my own name at the end of like a list of gay porn star names. Yeah. And like, that's the funny joke is that I say that I'm a gay porn star. Yeah. And, and there's just dead silence because no one, by the time they introduced me to that bit, everyone already forgot what my name was 
Yeah, yeah. I think to, for that bit to work, you might have to work your name in like some, some multiple times throughout. The... I just assume that people will know. Like, I just got introduced five minutes ago. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, that joke works when people know your name. So, like, yeah, I, I, I think you know if you're big enough to have like a Netflix special, like, or you know something yeah. like that. That joke yeah, is going to rock. That's a hard joke to do when most people are like us. They're not going to remember your name two seconds after they say it. That's true. Which, luckily, that joke has a punchline at the beginning and a punchline at the end. Yeah. So, That's a good and joke, And a punchline, yeah. Well, the, saying my name's like the middle punchline. That, that joke has like three different punchlines. Yeah. Because I'm an impeccable joke writer, Jason Rob. Yes, you are. You're a, you're mean, a great joke writer, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. You'll get there one day. Yeah, I know. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, dude, I saw this might, this might, uh, we might be dipping our toes into hot water here a little bit. Oh, maybe. yeah. But I saw today, um, we, I know we were talking about, I don't know if you remember this. I mentioned to you Comedy House New Orleans, the new com, the newest, like only comedy club that opened up in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And, um, they do their open mic on Wednesdays. I was like, man, we got to like, change the show day one day like to go over to this hit this open mic at this you know new comedy club or whatever yeah uh, i saw i read an article today about the owners of this place that is not flattering at all like what it's, uh so i mean is it something we can say because we don't want to get like you know. oh no it's something we can say for sure because um we didn't do this these people did this yeah but is this so, true though I do believe it is because it resulted in the collapse of a few comedy clubs. Really? So if it's not true, then I don't know why these comedy clubs well, would tell have collapsed. us. Well, okay. Now uh, let's just put this out there. What Jacob is about to say is pure speculation. Like, this well, is, <laughs> it's hey. not pure spec. It's not pure, pure speculation though, because there is a, there are victims in this story. So there yeah, are but for the purposes accounts. of not being sued. This is just, Okay, yeah. This is allegations. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes. These are this merely, is alleged. These are alleged uh, allegations. Yes. Uh, so apparently the people that own this new club in New Orleans had an old club in New Orleans that was connected to a club in Austin mm-hmm. by the same name called the New Movement. And apparently um, both of these people did the Harvey Weinstein thing where they were like, hey, come hang out at our house, because they were married. They're a married couple. Ah. They're like, hey, come out, come hang out at our house. You can stay at our house. And the thing is, both me and you know, that is not uncommon. Yeah. You go on the road, and someone's like, hey, man, you can just crash at my house. Yeah. And you, you want to feel safe there. And they're like, hey, come hang at my house. And um, yeah, they would straight up be like, hey, they would try to like trade like sexual favors. For stage time and getting booked, and that and the, so the new movement in New Orleans, in New Orleans, a bunch of people like spoke out like, "Hey, yeah, they tried to do this to us," hmm. and so they shut down. And the club in Austin had to reference it and be like, "Yeah, uh, everything there kind of got handled wrong. We can't believe this happened." Uh, and they changed their name because they couldn't use the same name, mm-hmm. you know, because now everyone knows, oh, the new movement—that's the people that own that try to fuck people. And those two people are who own Comedy House New Orleans. Hmm. And so they're trying to do it again. Hmm. Yeah. I have and no it, comments it, on any of it, that. <laughs> it bothers me because uh, I, I love New Orleans comedy. And I, ha- I know a lot of people who boycott this place and don't perform here. And are like, this needs to be shut down. And I also know people who like host events at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm on the fence. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't think I can support doing shows at a place with, run right. by people who uh, are dealing in nefarious practices like yeah. that. So, uh, But at the same time, I understand the feeling of 
people reaching out to you and being like, hey, I want to pay you money to come do this thing that you love. See, this is this is the fucked up thing about being in the entertainment industry is, you know, being in, uh, around, especially like the music music industry like I was and stuff. And there are some sh- like the entertainment industry is where shitty people go. <laughs> I mean, I'm, oh, yeah. I hate to say it, but it's where people shitty people can gain power and then use that power to do nefarious things. And you're just going to have, I mean, and that the thing is, is like, if you do do a show there, knowing what's going on there, you know, people on, you know, online will be like, oh, you're supporting, you know, like all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, we got to do, you know, we have to make money. We, we can't, if you, if you were to do that, you would literally boycott everything in the entertainment industry. That's true. That's true. I just, I think my worry is that I'm worried that these people will get caught up in the same shit because I mean, they, that's what they would do. They would lure performers to their house and be like, Hey, you're in our house. You're working at our club. Uh, you know, suck this dick. You just have to be like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that for stage time. I'll, uh... Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's, it's a rough situation. Like I, cause I remember I was talking to, Someone who's a very respected booker in Lafayette, Louisiana. Very respected. Like, mm-hmm. we, we both know him. We met him at the same time. Um, I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, and I was talking to him about this comedy club, about how I wanted to get in there, and about how, like, I talked to people, and, like, everyone I talked to, they brushed me off. They were like, ah, nah, you don't, you know. It's like, ah, whatever. Like, they weren't going to help me get in there. For whatever reason. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they don't even have like anywhere I can send a video on their website. Like, I don't know what to do. And he told me, like, yeah, no, the people that own that place are horrible people. And I and I don't support anyone who uh who performs there. Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> okay, maybe I shouldn't try to get into this place anymore. Yeah. And Freddie versus all in chat room. Uh, what's up, Freddie? Uh, he says this is just about morals versus money. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and but yeah, that's the thing is like uh, you know when you're when you're struggling when for you're the money. struggling for money, <laughs> it's hard to say no to mm-hmm. certain things. Uh, you know, if somebody if some crap you know uh, like crappy club club owner, which ninety percent of them are bad human beings is going to pay you money to to come in there i mean and do a show i mean is that i mean you are you separated from that you know that's kind of the question is like you're just doing what you do for money like right. uh, like getting paid and i know that sounds bad like do what you do for money like that kind of has connotations to it but you know, being a comedian, being a musician, you know, actor, whatever, it's still a job. Even people think that it's, you know, people think that if you're a musician or actor or a comedian, it's like, oh, well, you just, you know, you, you're, you don't have to, you don't work. Like, yeah, it's still a job. You have to, giving someone um, uh, goods and services for money. I mean, that's, you know, hey, kitty, kitty, see, she agrees. Uh, goods and services for money. Um, and just because someone that pays you is a horrible human being, does that make you a horrible human being for, you know, right. doing what you're basically contracted to do? I mean, where, like this, where's that line? Uh, if I can jump in for a second, think of it like this. Are the, are the people that work in Amazon warehouses horrible people? Mm-hmm. No. Jeff Bezos is a horrible person. They just work for the horrible person. But he's got all the money, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, and so do these club owners. They have all the money. They have all the money. That's, that is the problem. Uh, I am, uh, I believe, booked in uh, Mandeville, Louisiana, coming up soon on a weekend. Uh, and this new bar that just opened up that's owned by a comedian. Mm-hmm. Thank fucking God. This, there's a actual venue that's gonna do comedy that's owned and booked by a comedian yeah 
like that is the ultimate level of understanding mm-hmm. like that's how you know and don't get me wrong i mean there are fucking shitty comedians who turn into shitty club owners or whatever but for the most part like you know if if you're being booked by someone that's an active like performing comedian yeah not gonna fuck you over because they know what it's like and they've been fucked over it's the same with any kind of club you know like when i was on the road you could always tell the club owners bar owners whatever the ones that were musicians or worked for their money like because they were always the ones that they're even still today like there are you know owners like when we do shows at certain places like they'll Immediately give you your money and be like, hey, man, thanks for coming in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thanks for, you know, Mm. coming to do this. I've dealt with some crappy bar owners that just like you have to hunt them down for your money and then they don't want to give you your money and then be like, well, you only did uh, 56 minutes instead of an hour. So you were docking, you had like all kind of crazy excuses to not give you money. It's a horrible world to be in. Like, um, and you have to be a forceful human being to get your money out of some people. Yeah, I would argue that it's uh, it's it's a harder job being in the entertainment industry than um, you know, doing a regular job. Because like if you know, I was working retail for a little while, and it was so easy. Because I walk in, someone <laughs> tells me what to do, yeah, and I go fucking do it. <laughs> and in the entertainment industry, you have to hunt down shows. You have to hunt down people to get paid. You have to be hungry. You can have the most talent in the entire world. It doesn't matter. If you're not hungry and trying to book shows, you're never going to book a show. Yeah. And that's the thing is like being on stage and actually doing what you do, whether it's music or, you know, comedy, whatever. That's like 10% of it. The rest of it is doing the actual work. Like I, you know, I, work a regular 40 hour a week job. And then, you know, I do, I, I write, I, you know, I write my jokes. I do my set lists. I try to get shows. I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook messenger messaging people like, Hey, you got a spot on this show, that show, you know, anybody's booking shows, whatever. And then doing this podcast and doing my other podcast. Like it's a lot of work I put in every single week. And I rarely get to sit on my ass and just be like, yeah, I'm just not going to do nothing right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I, you know, I know the feeling for sure. I feel like a lot of people don't get that. I feel like, yeah, you know, people see somebody choose a, uh, a job in the entertainment industry and be like, oh, you're choosing that job so that you don't have to do any hard work. It's like, nah, man, I don't, I don't know a single job in the world that's not hard work. Yeah. That's why it's called a job. It's all, it's all so difficult. Yeah, but it, just because it looks easy doesn't mean it's not hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, this past Sunday was Independence Day, mm-hmm. Jason Robbins. And uh, we, uh, we decided we're going to talk about some of our favorite American things. <laughs> it's a very general topic. But uh, yeah, I think with these, with these host shows, we're probably just going to, you know, talk about our week, talk about whatever. And, you know, and this past week was uh, was Independence Day, so we're going to talk about, uh, you know, some Independence Day related topics. What's uh, what's your favorite like? Um, well, what did you do on Independence Day? Let's start there. Uh, so I went and visited my brother this weekend. Uh, and I had... saw that. Didn't you shoot a giant fucking machine gun? Yes, I shot a, a fully automatic uh, fifty caliber machine gun. Jeez, how did that feel? Did your dick get hard? Oh my god, it was the loudest thing I'd ever experienced in my life. And it was like it was fun. Like it just Yeah. I got to destroy a a, a fifty gallon barrel. Like just nice. Lit it up and just put thousands uh, you know, holes in it. And it was awesome. But uh yeah, we were Driving around the mountain, like they live on uh, in this. Well, they have this lake house that they bought not too long ago, and they rent it out, but they keep it like on the holidays for themselves. So yeah. we went up there on the fourth, and it's at this lake called Lake Mar- uh, Martin Lake or Lake Martin in uh, uh, um, Alabama. And it takes, unless you're going anywhere by boat, it takes forever to you. You could go somewhere that like by boat is like five minutes away, but it takes like an hour to drive there. 
because you got to like wind around these big ass mountains. And um, we're driving, going to uh, just, you know, driving around looking at certain stuff because they haven't lived there that long either. So we were just kind of yeah. driving around exploring. And we came across this place that said machine gun range, machine gun something. And, I was, and we were like, oh, that'd be fun. Go shoot some machine guns. So we were like, eh, well, we might do that this weekend. And so we went and did what we were doing, and we were on our way back, and we passed by, and my sister-in-law was like, I'm going to call him real quick. She called up and was like, hey, do we have to have like a, a, a an appointment or anything? And I was like, no, I just actually just got done with all my appointments today, so if you want to come in right now, we're here for another hour or two. And we're like, all right, we'll be there in just a second. Made a U-turn, went back, oh, hell yeah. and uh, got to shoot some machine guns. Hey, Jacob. Yeah? We got to tell the listeners about Brez Coffee Company. Oh, they're coffee for gamers by gamers. That's them. 100% free trade Colombian coffee roasted right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Sounds perfect for all night gaming sessions, no matter what kind of gamer you are. Video games, tabletop, card games, Brez has what you need to keep sharp. They got all kind of flavors to choose from, like good for gaming light roast or the necro medium. See, I like a good dark roast, like the critical gaming dark. You can even add flavors to your coffee, like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. Can't decide what you want? Then just try their specialty sample pack. Whatever your coffee of choice is, they got you covered. Head on over to BrezCoffeeCompany.com and use the code OMPODCAST to check out for 10% off of your order. Amazing! That's um, that's the coolest way to celebrate America's <laughs> birthday. That's the most America thing I have ever done in my life. That's what George Washington had in mind yes. when he fucking, <laughs> I don't know what he did, and destroyed guy, all that tea. The guy had like, you know, 50 different machine guns, like Uzis and all kind of stuff. And, it, and he was like, just pick whichever one you want to want to shoot. And of course, we all picked the, fifth, the fully automatic 50 cal yeah. to shoot. And uh, the other one that I did was, um, it was a Vietnam era, which they still use it. It's still in production, but they don't use it very much. But it's like the M16. Like the Vietnam era M sixteen, like the one Arnold had in uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Predator. <laughs> and I was like, I wanna shoot that one. And I got yeah. to shoot that too. It was freaking awesome. And I'm not a that, gun guy. Like I could give yeah. two shits about guns, but like just shooting that gun, I was just like I felt like Arnold for like five minutes, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm I I like I like my guns. I, I do like my guns. I, I've it was probably ingrained into me at a very early age because I shot my first gun when I was six years old. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I... raised around guns too, but just this yeah. one, this one, it just never like captured my imagination. Yeah, it's like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely gonna buy a gun eventually. Um, you know, just, just for defense, because yeah, I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm a pretty, you know, capable guy when it comes to defending someone with fisticuffs but yeah. uh if there's a if there's another gun involved yeah <laughs> i'm gonna want to have a gun too but um so I, I don't know if i've ever whoever's bullet is bigger wins <laughs> <laughs> oh it's not gonna be mine i have a comically small bullet mm -hmm. um i don't know if i've told this story on this show before but yeah the first time i ever shot a gun i was six years old and i was watching uh, my mom had bought me the Indiana Jones trilogy on VHS from a thrift store. Yes. And so I was watching Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, which means that I'd already been on the couch just sitting there for hours. So yeah. I was on the last Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> and my dad comes in the house. He's like, get up, get dressed, come with me. And we go to the backyard and he hands me his uh, little snub nose 38. Mm-hmm. He gives me this talk. It's like, hey, this isn't a game. There's no respawn. If you shoot somebody, they're going to die and they're going to be gone forever. <laughs> and now I want you to shoot this gun at that wooden plank. <laughs> and, so, and so I shot the gun and I immediately get knocked on my ass because I'm six years old and I don't realize that I need to have like my back foot anchoring me or anything. Yeah. And so I just immediately start crying. And my dad takes the guy. He's like, go back inside. <laughs> like, I could tell he was so disappointed in me. I was like, I just wanted to watch Indiana Jones. Same kind of thing happened to me when I was a kid. I remember I was probably, I don't even know, maybe eight years old or so. And my grandpa was like, I want you to come sh uh, shoot this gun with me. I'm like, okay. 
and we go in the backyard and he's got this um he had captured a Nazi um par- paratrooper in World War Two and um took all of his stuff off of him and Jesus managed to Christ. smuggle uh he smuggled uh one of those like Nazi was it a Luger? They were called their their sidearm, the Nazi sidearm. Yeah, he yeah. had one. He smuggled it back with him when he came home. That thing knocked me on my ass. <laughs> I was like eight years old. I was like, "Yep, yeah. I'm done with guns. I don't like them." <laughs> Jesus, what a cool like, what a nonchalant way to just drop in the. Oh yeah, my grandpa's a fucking war hero. He captured <laughs> a Nazi and took all this shit. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, he used to, he told me that story when he was a kid, like when I was a kid that um you know, he volunteered for World War Two. Uh wow, rare. Went over there and uh captured a German paratrooper and um held nice. him until, you know, they came and took him away to I guess POW camp or whatever. Yeah. Your your grandpa's um sure much older than uh, my grandpa who who actually isn't my grandpa. I don't know if step-grandpa is the term, but uh, my mom's mom remarried. Uh, she's mm-hmm. went through, um, this is her third husband, I believe. And uh, his name is, well, I shouldn't say his name. But uh, he was a Navy SEAL, like a legit Navy SEAL. And this old man just sits around all day and watches Fox News. And he, uh, he watches old war documentaries and he watches porn. And he pretends to not know that anyone else exists. Yeah. Well, my I mean, grandpa when he watches... was a, a avid Fox News watcher when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. He is as well. But he is like, when I say he watches porn, it's littered around the house. <laughs> it is littered. He, like I, uh, That just means I he's saying... seen some shit. He doesn't care. <clears throat> oh, absolutely. I, I was staying at their house and I, uh, I needed to get on their computer. Uh, to do something and I open the computer and immediately it's just like three tabs of X videos and I'm like ah Jesus Christ <laughs> so it was all it was was it like did he have like magazines and stuff laying around like DVDs and absolutely stuff? so he just absolutely. had some like casual porn just like ray laying around yeah yeah for sure <laughs> it's his house what am I gonna wow. say okay uh, then casual but porn anyways, <laughs> he um he was a legit Navy SEAL and he um he builds planes now. He he built he builds planes for movie. He built the plane. Do you remember the movie Flight of the Phoenix? Uh, uh it was a remake and, and it Phoenix. had It had um Giovanni Ribisi in it, uh Jared Padalecki. I do remember that movie. Yeah, I was thinking Flight of the Intruder, but now that you said no. Yeah, I remember. Uh my my step-grandfather built the plane that they build in the movie when the plane crashes and they have to rebuild the plane themselves. Mm-hmm. My grandpa built that plane. Oh, really? That's yeah, cool. By, by himself. <laughs> he just built a fucking plane. Nice. And, um, that's when men were men. <laughs> absolutely. I can't do shit. <laughs> I keep saying he's a Navy seal. I don't know what he did because he still can't talk about what he did, which yeah. is very frightening. Yeah. He, and he was like one of those people, like, he stayed in shape until he was in his 50s. Like, he could have been a Navy SEAL probably well into his 60s. So was he old enough? Was, like, was he a nom? Or? I don't know. Let, let's see. My, my, um, he's probably 70s or 80s, right? So, so now he's 70s. So if he was in, let's see, if he was 70, he would, be, yeah, he would be able, he would have been a nom because my dad is almost 70. And he, yeah, he got my dad got drafted uh, when he graduated high school. But my dad had his uh, when he was a kid, he had his cornea ripped off when he was Shit. he was cutting grass. And, you know, those old school. Have you ever seen those old push mowers with just the weird blades that spin? Yep. They, yep. I think he was using one of those and like it kicked us like a little twig up in his eye. And it, like ripped his cornea off. Jesus Christ. And so he had to have like his cornea sewn back on. And like this is back in the sixties when like, you know, it, when they did it, he had to like keep his head like still for like weeks until like it healed up. But anyway, wow. um yeah, he uh he couldn't go. He, he didn't have to go because his eyes was screwed up. 
well, that is great for him. <laughs> that was the probably the best thing that ever happened to that man. But yeah, man, I just I I really hope he tells somebody like some stories before he dies on his deathbed. But literally, like anytime anyone tries to ask him about what he did when he was a Navy SEAL, he was also the mayor of the town that they live in in Iowa called Osceola. He was the he mayor said, of the town. He sounds like Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. I don't know what Jesse Ventura looks like. My grandpa might be Jesse Ventura. Maybe. That'd be awesome. But uh, uh, Freddy versus also 74 at the end of World War II. So that means it's been 74 years since World War II. Was that right? The 50? Oh, my God. 71. Yeah, it's been like over almost 75 years since the end of World War II. Jesus. Jesus Christ, man. God, I remember when World War II was like, I, back in the, when I was a kid in the 80s, that, that was only like 40 years like before. Well, it, it's shocking to me to think that it's so soon. <laughs> only 74 years? Yeah. I thought it was hundreds of years ago. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jacob I does math. I, yeah, I, dude, I'm, I only had to take one college math class. I'm so fucking happy. I never have to do math ever again no in my entire kidding. life. But um, I didn't do much for America's birthday. I uh, I just you know I uh, had some burgers and some some sausage dogs. We did and, uh, uh, we did the the uh, coastal thing where we had uh, crawfish. You know, well we had we had boiled shrimp. We had crab claws, okay. uh, corn on the cob, and potato potatoes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, you know, that's, that's respectable. Um, I, yeah, I, we, we didn't do much. I just spent time with family, and I spent all day trying to find Independence Day on TV. They didn't fucking show it anywhere. <laughs> Is that even I'm streaming so anywhere? I was wondering, I was reading an article about it the other day, because it was, what, 25 years ago? Something it was like released. That, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. They showed the sequel on TV, but the sequel is dog shit. I never saw the sequel. It's horrible. Liam Hemsworth is a horrible actor. Independence Day is streaming on HBO Max. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, and something HBO called Max. Sun NXT. I don't know what that is. On Next, I have no idea. I have it on DVD, but I didn't want to dig it out. I, I really just wanted to find it somewhere on TV. You know, that's one of those movies I never got on DVD or anything. It's just, but for some reason, I've seen it like a thousand times. Yeah, see, I, I get movies on DVD that I want to watch specifically on holidays. Like, I have Die Hard on DVD to watch on Christmas. I have Independence yeah. Day on DVD to watch on Independence Day. I just had no idea where it was, and I didn't, and I didn't feel like going to grab it. I so remember watching this in the theater, and it was amazing. Oh, one of the greatest movies ever made, Independence Day. I'm not going to disagree with you. I mean, Independence, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the, the greatest, like, dialogue or anything, but as far as movies go, it is a spectacle to behold. Like, it oh. still holds up to this day. Dude, you put Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum together, you <laughs> yeah. have a blockbuster. Dude, you I put will, Bill Pullman as the cherry on top. You have a masterpiece. I will watch Jeff Goldblum do anything for two and a half hours. <laughs> like I would watch him make scrambled eggs for two hours. Like that dude is so awesome. He's a very entertaining person, even when he just talks. They're like, "You're a weird motherfucker, yeah. aren't you?" He looks like he likes to get peed on. Me and my, oh, I was uh, we did. Me and my brother watched Jurassic Park this weekend. Yeah, that was our our that we watched that and uh, romancing the stone. You remember that movie? Did you ever watch that? I've never watched it, but I know the name. Well, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it was the movie that um, allowed him to make Back to the Future. Okay. And it's a really good movie, and it's still pretty good now. Like it's sort of a. Not necessarily, it's sort of, it's like an adventure movie, like in the vein of like Indiana Jones, but it's more um, Nathan Drake-ish. Okay, that, I, I'll probably be into that then. Check it out. It, like, it starts off weird because it's about, uh, oh crap, what's her name? Let me look this up real quick. 
see. Uh, let me go to IMDb. Can't remember to look up details about romancing. Yeah, because I'm gonna tell you, it's a great movie to watch, and I think you, I think everybody needs to watch that movie because it is a good movie, and I think it doesn't get the uh, the respect that it des- deserves because it's called Romancing the Stone. I think if they'd have called it like, you know, The Adventures of of uh, whatever, it would have been a lot, a lot better. Uh, let's yeah. see, what's her name? Um, it's got Michael Douglas, Danny DeVito, and uh, okay. Kathleen Turner's in it, and she plays this uh, writer who's like a, uh, she's like a, a romance writer. Yeah. And her sister somehow, oh, Freddy vs. All said he had barbecue pork chops on the 4th. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds fucking amazing, to be honest. But she, uh, uh, let's see, a mousy romance novelist sets off uh, to Columbia to, with ransom for her kidnapped sister and soon finds herself in the middle of a dangerous adventure hunting for treasure with a mercenary rogue. And what happens is I think her sister comes across like this treasure map or somehow gets a treasure map and yeah. sends it to her sister in the mail. And so the bad guys like kidnap her sister. And so she has to go down to Columbia with the map and she comes across, uh, uh, Michael Douglas, who's kind of like this American dude who went to Columbia like years ago and just like lives in the jungle. He's like an adventurer type of guy. And they like, they just have this huge adventure like through the movie. And it's pretty cool. I think you should definitely give it a watch and, and see what you think about it. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it. I, uh, and I, I like a good, you know, I like a good uh, Rob Zek film. Yeah, old, old old Rob Zem, Rob, Rob Zemeckis. I think this was I, his I first like major movie that he directed, but this was the movie that that got him to be able to make Back to the Future. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, you know put it on the list. That's another movie suggestion from Jason Robbins. Everyone at home, take a drink. <laughs> oh my goodness, we should start a drinking game every time you suggest a, a movie to me. We should do an open micers bingo card. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ugh. What would the prize even be? No one wants anything from us. I don't know. Write a personalized joke or roast about them. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, we should put that on a Patreon tier. Yeah. Um, Dude, fucking Richard Donner died this week. I saw that. That's How crazy is that? I thought he was already dead. I, did. <laughs> I just knew... <clears throat> he was old as dirt. Yeah. Like, what was the last thing he directed? Dude, he hasn't worked since 2010. Really? See, Richard. You, yeah. Since I've got IMDb open, we'll go straight to Richard Donner. I looked this up the other day. The, the, the latest thing I could find from him was from 2010. Huh. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, the last thing that it says for me, director, it was 16 Blocks in 2006. That was the last uh, look, thing he directed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I included, like, you know, stuff he produced or whatever, just anything you worked on. Uh, I believe it might have been on television as well when he did something in 2010. The first thing he did was Zane Grey Theater, a TV series. He did one episode, 1960. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a very long period of directing. 1960 to 2010. Let's just go down some of, the, just some of the movies that you know he did. Like, he did, um, of course, uh, Superman, and mm. <clears throat> there were two different versions of Superman 2. The one that yep. they, they fucked him over for Superman 2 for the um, actual uh, theater release, and because he had filmed all of it, and... They kicked him off of it, and they had this other dude, Richard Lester, come in and refilm half of the movie. Because if you have another director come in and do 51% of the movie filmed, he gets the credit. Right. So that's what they did. And then in 2006, I think it was, um, they came out, they put a DVD out, which I have, is Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. Have you ever seen it? I have it? that as well. It's That's much... the only version of Superman 2 I have ever seen is the Richard yeah, Donner cut. It's so much better than the theatrical cut. The theatrical cut is just like, what are you doing? Because it's such a different tone than the first Superman movie. Uh, right. Of course, he did uh, Scrooged, 
He did mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon 3, and 4. Um, he did The Goonies. The Goonies, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of, you know, a movie that people still introduce to their kids to this yeah. day. Like, that is the quintessential, like, kid movie. Like, Absolutely, it's so yeah. perfect. It's the perfect adventure movie. It's the perfect kid movie. Kids can watch it. Adults can can watch it. It's like, you can't get much better than the Goonies. There was, I don't know what the magic sauce was in that movie, but I don't know if, if anybody else had directed it and gotten those performances out of all those kids. I don't think it would have been near as good as it was. Absolutely. You skipped over his first big hit, which was The Omen. Oh yeah, that's what he did right before Superman. Like yeah, he, that was his first big hit movie was The Omen. I mean, look at all the different genres of movies that he's made. Like he's done a movie in almost every single genre: horror with The Omen, uh, superhero movies with Superman, adventure movies, Lady Hawk and The Goonies. Like he did action movies, Lethal Weapon, comedies, Scrooge. Like this dude did everything. And I don't feel like he gets the credit that he deserves. Yeah, and I think well, one of those things is like, you know, a lot of people or very few people get the credit they deserve while they're still alive. Now that Richard Donner has gone, he's going to get a lot more credit. Absolutely. And if they don't do an in memoriam with him at the next Ox- Oscars, I'm. I'm that's no, they they need to have pers- a nice big segment for him. I personally would be. Um, I think it would be remiss to not give him something that's like a um, a lifetime you know, achievement uh, or something. Ab- exactly, because he was never even nominated for an Academy yeah, I know. Award. All the cool for the movies Goonies, he did, he was, Weapon. Yeah, he was never nominated for anything. They need to do. They need to give him a posthumous lifetime achievement award. Yeah, I mean, and think about how many directors today, if you talk to them, that they would say they would name Richard Donner as uh, an inspiration. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you talked to Steven Spielberg and he was like, yeah, Richard Donner's the man. That guy well, can direct. They worked together. I mean, Richard Donner was kind of like the, he was Steven Spielberg's like right-hand man. He did all the movies that Spielberg didn't have time to do, which is why yeah. he did the Goonies and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very sad that he's gone. I will say that when I saw that he died, I was like, oh, he's not already dead. <laughs> but, but to <laughs> he, be honest. Still sad. How old was he? He was 91 years old. Dude, that is a run. Like, I would would be lucky to make it to 91. Yeah, dude, I'm going to be lucky to make it to 31. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) But yeah, it's... uh, It was a fun weekend, though. I enjoyed it. It was a three-day weekend for me. Um, Yeah. Got to eat some good food, hang out with family. Got to watch some fireworks. Uh, not a big fireworks guy, but they're fun to watch occasionally. Every time I see fireworks, it just makes me want to go to Disney. I've I've never been to Disney because I'm poor, but I <laughs> I am a huge fireworks guy. I can go into a fireworks warehouse and spend hundreds of dollars easily. <laughs> I love watching shit blow up. It's and literally year, lighting your money on fire is what you're doing. With but fireworks. it's a lot more fun, isn't it? It's a lot more fun than watching a $100 bill burn in your hand. I tell you, I'd yeah. rather go spend money to shoot a, a fully automatic 50 caliber. That was yeah. way more fun than any firework I've ever shot in my life. That's that's true. I would also rather do that. But I've, uh, yeah, this year we didn't even do any fireworks because uh, my brother and sister-in-law and their kids all have COVID. Yay. Yay. So, um, awesome. <laughs> and they're, they're those people who are like, ah, oh, COVID's not that serious. And then they all fucking got it. <laughs> so yeah, And dude. When I went up there, it, like you could not have asked for nicer weather. Really? Like, literally, it, the sun was shining, but it wasn't hot. It was actually kind of cool, like in the mornings and evenings, and even in the afternoons when like the hottest part of the day. It was like I didn't break a sweat a single time while I was up there. And you know, like wow. Saturday night. Oh, another thing we did on July Fourth. Me and my brother fired up some uh, some cigars and drank Ooh. some uh, drank some good uh, scotch. And sat Ooh. out on the deck and just talked for a few hours. And then when it got dark, we moved up to the porch. Didn't get bit by a single mosquito the whole time I really? was up there. 
oh my god, dude, the weather down here was shitty poo-poo. Yeah, then I was driving home, and I got, like, 30 miles above, like, north of Mobile, and I just saw black, dark clouds on the horizon. Yeah. I'm like, yep, I'm home. Dude, it was actually raining mosquitoes here. <laughs> it was raining mosquitoes, I shit you not. It was, yeah. That's what I'm happens sure in was, Mississippi. As soon as I stepped out of the car, they greeted me like, hey, glad you're back. We're hungry. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. I, uh, Can we get I, your luggage have... for you? <laughs> <laughs> they just carry you in the yeah. house? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like white trash Cinderella? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just carry you up by the dress? Um, I, I had a little drinky drink. I forgot I, had, I didn't have my glasses on and I just poked myself in the eye. So that's fun. But uh, I had a little drinky drink. I had some uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey, which is the smoothest whiskey I've ever drank. I'll take anything peanut butter. Dude, I've had everyone in my family try it. My girlfriend tried it. My mom tried it. My dad tried it. They're all like, oh, this is disgusting. To me, it tastes like a Butterfinger. Hmm. And it is so smooth. It's the smoothest whiskey I've ever had because I have some Elijah Craig, which is straight rot gut. It is so hard to get through, dude. I cannot, I, I have to pour 90% Diet Coke and 10% Elijah Craig to even get a little bit of it. This stuff, you shoot it, and there's a little burn, and then immediately you feel it like coating your throat. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's real smooth. And it tastes yeah. just like a Butterfinger. Nice. Yeah, I don't I know what kind it. of scotch it was that we had. It was pretty smooth. It had a nice, nice smoky flavor to it. Um, yeah. He had three different bottles, but I didn't see what it was that he gave me. I just drank it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 me too. Whenever I'm hanging out, you know, in a party scenario or a social scenario, people you know just hand me whatever. I'll be like, ah, thanks. Yeah, my brother's uh, well off because he, you know, he actually went to college and ended up yeah. with a good job. So he's got the good stuff. You know, he doesn't have like Ripple <laughs> or <laughs> Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Like up in the yeah. fridge, he's got he's got the good stuff. Yeah, my um, my brother is pretty bougie nowadays because he works at NASA now. So oh, he's nice. Al- so he we're the also- uh, we're the, we're the crappy younger, uh, underachieving younger brothers. Absolutely, we are, and that's it's so funny to me because I've literally always been the smart brother. Like my parents are always on my ass, being like, "Dude, you're the smart one." You have to do fucking better than your brother. Like, you have to. And now he works at NASA, and I'm, like, flunking out of college as a full-time comedian. And oh, how the tables have turned. I know the feeling. But, yeah, he, uh, he, he hooks me up with some stuff, but he likes, like, the ashiest whiskey. Like, you drink it, and it's like, yeah, that tastes like a fire. Yeah. That tastes like you just got some ash out of a fireplace and yeah. sprinkled it into this water. I think they get that by... Uh... You know, they don't they charring like the barrels, charring yeah. the barrels. Yeah. Dude, you want to know the story behind that? Uh, sure. The, how they invented bourbon was my ancestor, Elijah Craig. That's why I have a bottle of it. He is my ancestor. Really? He invented bourbon. And what he did was he was uh, distilling whiskey and storing it in barrels and his fucking warehouse caught on fire. And the cheap motherfucker <laughs> kept the barrels. And just sold the whiskey. And everyone was like, oh, this is the shit. And so he, they started charring barrels on purpose after the fire. Wow. So you're a descendant of the person that's responsible for alcoholism everywhere. Doesn't it make sense, Jason? <laughs> yes, it does. But I am also a descendant, uh, I don't know if you know this, of John Brown. Who I wrote an essay on in college, who I believe started the Civil War. John Brown. I know the name. Like he was an abolitionist who started his own militia and was the first person to ever take up arms against slave owners. He is my however many greats uncle. Oh yeah, a man of strong religious convictions. Believed he was an instrument of God. Yeah, he Uh, was fucking crazy. Ray, 248 raised up to strike the death blow to American slavery. Hell yeah. Nice. And so that is, yeah, bro. You got that yeah. in the back pocket if anybody ever calls you a racist. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? It's not going to help. <laughs> it's not going to help because they're just gonna be like, okay, well, you're still racist. <laughs> yeah, well. 
That's how it uh, goes in the life of a comedian. It is. I, I've been called racist more times than I can count. <laughs> Everybody's racist at some point. Everybody's a little racist, aren't they? Yeah. I would but yeah, so. we actually have a, a strand of John Brown's hair. We have this weird hair wreath hanging up in our house that's made of the hair of our ancestors, and John Brown's hair is in it. Nice. That's yeah. not weird at all. Oh, it's so <laughs> weird, Jason. I'm pretty sure my house is haunted. Probably. But um, yeah, it's a, we should go ahead and start wrapping things up uh, here. Yeah, I have, it's uh, been an hour already. Jeez. Oh, yeah, and I have a, I have a mic that I'm going to get to tonight, and I know uh, you have a show in an yep, hour. Yep, got another but, uh, show I, in I have... an hour. If any, if you guys come back in an hour, we'll be here for uh, Nerd Cave Retro. And, uh, yes. Yeah, we'll be back in an hour. Yeah, and I have to get on the road pretty soon. I'm going to eat some supper, and then I'm going to go out to Belux in Biloxi, Mississippi, and hit some of that stage time. Yeah, if um, anybody listening to this show, Wednesday nights, they do a new uh, open mic at uh, Belux. And yeah, Biloxi, it, it, hosted by and, Jeremy, what's his last name? Uh, Jeremy Lambert. Yeah, Jeremy Lambert. It is, it is once a month, though. It's the first week of oh, every yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, once a month. I, I'm going to have to make the next one, because I, I really like Jeremy, and uh, yeah. he's a good dude, and um, I'm glad they're doing that, because that's a really good place to do a mic. It's a fun room, for sure. You can just get up there and uh, kind of, uh, you know. Work out and, yeah. and style on them, as the kids say. Yeah, it's a big room too. So it takes Very a lot. Big. Takes a lot of people there to fill it up. So if you're oh, yeah. in the vicinity, go check out a show over there at Belux. That's free advertising. We're not getting paid for it. We're just giving them some free advertising. Yeah, and it's free to go. And uh, if you want to help us, you need to head over to uh, ompodcast.com and help us out by giving us some money uh, in our Patreon. We have three different tiers to choose from. Uh, and our Patreon, and uh, go check it out. And that helps this show because it's not—it's free for you guys. It's not free for us. So if you enjoy our show, at all. go give us a couple of bucks a month. It helps pay for you know our Zoom, so where we can do longer than forty-minute shows with our guests. And thank you to Mister Wally Phelps, one of our very first guests, who uh, paid for our Zoom. And yes, um, thank so you we're so going to have him on later in the month to have him back on the show. And I can't wait for him to be here. So, yeah, go help us out, ompodcast.com. And also, if you, uh, there's other ways to help us out, too. Like, right now, in my coffee cup, now, there's not much left, but I'm drinking Brez coffee. I'm drinking the Necro Medium. What kind do you like to drink? I love the Snickerdoodle. It tastes mm. like my mom's Christmas cookies. I'm going to get that next time. I'm getting the Snickerdoodle. But I haven't tried it yet. It's so good. So what it's, you do... It, is what is our code again? Is it is OM it is yeah, our, it's OM podcast? It's OM podcast. Baby. Yeah, head over to brezcoffeeco.com, enter the code OM podcast, and you get ten percent off your order. And it's good coffee. It's not that expensive. Yeah, and and it's better it's, than anything you get at the grocery store. I'm telling you, it's one of those things where you might, you know, you you should be drinking this coffee anyways. You might buy this coffee anyways. Use our code. Yeah. It, it'll be 10% off your entire order. Help it. You, screw the big corporations, man. Like, don't Fuck go to Starbucks. give your money to Walmart. Don't go to, to Starbucks. Don't go. Fuck to, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Don't do. This is a local uh, coffee roaster company started by um, some friends over in Pensacola. And, you know, they got their, uh, their, their Biden check. <laughs> last year and was like, you know what? Let's combine our money and buy some coffee roasters and make a coffee company. So they made their own company, Brez Coffee Company. And it's awesome. You're supporting small business. You're supporting local business because Pensacola is only what? An hour and a half away? It's very yeah, local. Very close. So go over there. Even if you're not from here, if you live in, if you're listening to this in Seattle, screw that Seattle coffee. Order some Brez Coffee. Have it shipped Fuck up there. Seattle. You show them Seattle assholes what, what Southern coffee is all about. <laughs> uh, how else can they support us, Jason? Do we have any merchandise? Yeah, they can head over to tpublic.com slash podcast. And if you're looking on the video right now, you see the soup shirt. We got a soup shirt that has Jacob Craig's very own face on it. And uh, it's a parody of the Obama Hope poster. 
which I had the idea for it a few weeks ago. I was like, I'm going to make a poster with Jacob's face and call it Soup. And it is officially in a shirt now that you can get at tpublic.com slash openmicpodcast. Help us out. Give us money. Please. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Anything you want to toss to the people before we leave tonight? Yes, I want to say that uh, next week we will be back here at Open Micers, same bat time, same bat channel. And we will be talking to a local uh, radio DJ, a local podcast host, a local host of live events. Someone that you're all going to be very excited that we're talking to because I'm sure there's a lot of people around here on the Gulf Coast who love this guy. And so they're going to want to see us talk to him. Do you want me to tell them who it is? No. No? (laughs) Nah, let's keep it a secret. Yeah, we'll keep it a secret. They already know who it is. Yeah. Probably. They might know. They might not. But he'll be on the show next week, and you want to be here for that because he's awesome. Yeah. And if you want to find out who it is on Monday, then like us on Facebook, Open Micers. Yeah, Open Micers Podcast, Facebook. Uh, let me play our music here. It's at Open Micers on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at JPunktastic. And uh, Jacob is at Jacob C. Craig. And, of course, it's Open Micers. Uh, open Micers on Instagram. You can find it. Just type in Open Micers. You'll find us somewhere. And uh, I think that's going to do it. And we'll see you guys next week.